Hello, everyone. I'm Barrett Anderson. I'm here today with Mark Anderson, and we are going to talk a little bit about the Chinese economy. What's going on? What's happening? What to, how to think about the, the dip we've seen in the market in the last quarter. Um, so, Mark, you first made a prediction in January 2015 that the Chinese economy, domestic economy, was in collapse and that its leaders were terrified uh, of what that might entail. How did you start thinking about that? What led you to that prediction? So as you know, Barrett, um, I had, and Evan and I, Evan Anderson and I, had worked uh, intensively on understanding the national business model of China. You know, the whole idea that a country has a business model is something that we invented, I think, or, or saw, discovered. So um, we moved the world beyond looking at isms like communism and looking directly at the actual, just as though a country were a company. And that worked out really well. So we saw what the model was, we saw the moving pieces of it, we wrote about it in a, in a book, and Evan did. And uh, so we have been uh, particularly able, I would say, to make good predictions about, therefore, what's happening from month to month or quarter to quarter. And what we saw was, um, in the model, a very important uh, pillar, I guess you would call it, of the numerous pillars, there were really two of them, that kept the whole thing going from 30 years ago was that there were two layers of theft. This isn't about cheap labor, by the way. Vietnam had cheap labor. The reason that China had double Vietnam's GDP was they were stealing IP from the West and what they called re-innovating it, cute name. And they were stealing land from their own people. Oh, shame on you. So um, peasants were kicked off of their property that property was nationalized or often given to the state. The state would then resell the property to property developers. And suddenly trillions of dollars are being generated in real estate development by having stolen the property. And while everybody was applauding and on Shanghai growing up and all these things, no one was looking very carefully at the fact that it was all illegal on some scale, illicit. It was ill-gotten gains. And the result was that... Um, all the fraudulent banking that was occurring, lending to these, this pillar, to these real estate developers, and all the fraudulent money and, and manipulation of currency value, everything around that model centered on that property theft and on the IP theft from the West. So you wouldn't, if you were looking at the domestic economy, mm -hmm. unlike in America or Germany or in what I would call the civilized world, the free market world, you know, if you have a problem with your real estate, which we've all done, your real estate sector, bad things happen, but you recover. In China, it is literally holding up everything else. So when we saw reversals happening there, we knew that this wasn't a Wall Street Journal level comment time, you know, this was going to be something where very, very deep issues were involved, because the leaders knew what they had done, and what they were doing. They knew the secret that we knew which was that's the center of the house of cards. Right. That catches fire. Everything else catches fire. And so um, they, and we knew they were terrified because they started reversing themselves publicly on things where they would lose face. Hmm. And, like and was, I wish I could give you a better example. We wrote about this and published it back in January, 2015. I need to go back and get that. But um, we watch this kind of thing because we know it's culturally important, politically important not to do that. And when mm -hmm. you see them doing this once or twice, you recognize the pain that it brings them. 
and therefore the internal cost politically to doing that. And, and we took that to mean they were truly terrified. They had, they had run out of manipulative tools to hide that problem. We all knew about the cities that had no people living in them. We all knew about these various you know, highways to nowhere. At some point, that's, you know, that's going to come to roost, come home to roost. And it had happened. And they had run out of tools to cover it up. So that was January 2015. And we published it. And I'm convinced it was true. Uh, but we didn't. We were not watching the equity markets. We were just watching the economy in general. So when China publishes its, its GDP numbers, they're always wrong. We know that they lie about those. And so things look pretty normal, even though we had made the prediction. Right. So I think you have a chart to show us. Yeah. So you found forward, we're gonna, I'm going to I'm going to share briefly um, for everyone's uh, gratification. Um, let me just find this to do. Uh, a chart from a Wall Street Journal article. Um, so you can see what's actually happened in that market. Or in right. The market. Oh, oops. That's the wrong thing. Does anyone know that? There we go. There we are. So, Barrett, as you're aware, but as, as uh, our audience may not be, this just came out a few days ago, and uh, we had not been tracking these markets, these equity markets, we were just tracking the actual economy. But it's, it's a fair assumption, I believe, that the people who live in China and who are investing in these markets know much more intuitively about the health of their own economy right. than the Wall Street Journal does or anybody or even us. So um, what you see here is that straight vertical line saying 2015 market crash. Mm -hmm. That's happening... Um, in the middle of 2015. If you go to the left a little bit. So just um, about right about here, probably. Yeah, just, just after that peak, yeah. we made our call. So what we didn't know until last week, I guess, is that after we made that call, look what happened. I don't, we don't mean to imply it because of the call. We just got a good call. So um, it was the worst crash in the history of the market over this period of time. Sorry about that. I don't know if you can restore you that think, again. You'd think, you'd think that after several years of using Zoom, I'd be better at this, but I'm, I'm, still, I'm still working on it. And what you're seeing on the far right of that chart is a very deep dive again with, without a known end right now to it, right. uh, which is the other part we'll come back Where to. We are here. Yeah. Now. Okay. So, so tell me a little bit more about what you think happened in this in this area right here. For those of you who are having a hard time seeing this, we're looking at the quarterly performance of major Chinese stock indexes over the last ten years. And if our if your call here was about here, tell me tell me about how China what what led to this big bump right here. What was well, that? there's a very technical term, you know, in in the accounting in the investing world, Barrett, for what happened there. That's called an oh shit moment. And, you know, before the government could get involved enough to stop it, all these people had sold their stocks. That's why it went down. And then the government steps in and starts manipulating the market, which they do all the time. They don't want to see things like that. They don't want to have their own people know the actual health of the, of the nation's economy. And so they will constantly block trading or do their own buying, interfere in the markets so that people feel like things are just fine. 
they're not just fine. And that's what you see to the right of that crash. And that's kind of these up, these big ups and then down and up and then down and up and down. Yeah. Some of that's normal to a market, but but the big, big things are probably what we're talking about here. Okay. I'm going to stop sharing this, this image now. I think yeah. everyone kind of sees the general direction that things are headed. Um, so, so let's talk more about what's going on now. We, we've seen a bunch of delisting of, of Chinese companies on the US exchange, but also on, on the Chinese exchanges. And I'm curious if you can talk more about what that means. So yeah, US is delisting almost all Chinese companies uh, because we passed a law at last saying, like everybody else in the world, you have to have audits. And if you can't provide good audits, you're out of here. I don't know how they got through that before, but they're they're being delisted in in very large numbers out of New York now. So good, that was that was too late, but good. Well, now they're delisting out of Hong Kong and China. So that's pretty interesting. So this last week, thirty companies in the property development business, we're back to that same story, mm-hmm. have been delisted from the Hong Kong exchange because they were not able to provide what even they would call, what I would call fraudulent audit statements, what they would call audit statements to the the, uh, regulators there. And so when they missed the deadline and they missed the next deadline, which is a month late because of COVID, uh, that doesn't make any sense, um, they they were delisted. And these include um, Evergrande and Kaisha and and some of the biggest real estate developers. They've been in trouble for a while, uh, now delisted. 30 of them in one week. Wow. That, so seems, it, that seems like it's the same kind of thing that you were talking about before, right? Like the saving face thing. When you see when you see major Chinese de- real estate development companies delisted on Chinese markets or on Hong Kong markets, that that seems like the kind of thing that they would try to avoid. Well, they would. They did. They avoided it for a month, hoping something good could happen. When you when you issue fraudulent audits. I don't say this lightly. I think all Chinese audits are fraudulent because they're declared to be properties of the state and they're state secrets. So they treat it as though they're security issues, which that therefore means the PwC and everybody else who's involved here can't tell the truth. Right. Doesn't have any transparency into into what's really going on within the companies. Exactly. I will add that all four of our top audit firms out of the U.S. have been convicted of crimes in American federal courts of telling untruths or misdirection in audits of Chinese companies. And they just, cost of doing business, they kept going. Hmm. So they have a criminal trail now or a civil trail of, of doing the wrong thing in their audits of Chinese companies. Okay. Yeah. So what does this mean for the Chinese economy generally? It means that they're, um, they're doing things again that they wouldn't want to do, as you pointed out. This is another sign that they're running out of tools. They've already propped up Evergrande. You know, they probably propped up Kaisha. They probably propped up all these 30 companies or half of them. And even that wasn't enough. And and wasn't and even with all the fraudulent reporting of audits, that's not enough. So you're really down in the well of that technical term I used a minute ago. And, and um, you know. Go shit well. Go shit well. <laughs> so, so we can use that word. Oh, that's right. Okay. Uh, and so. Uh, I would take this to be a very strong leading indicator, no trailing indicator, uh, that what we said in January of 2015 is getting worse and worse and worse. And that core P 
pillar of the domestic economy is crumbling. And whatever metaphor, I'm not very good at metaphors, but whatever metaphor you want to pick, it's on fire. And the rest of the stuff's going to catch on fire too. So that house of cards now, it's coming down. Are there specific industries that you think are most likely to next catch on fire? In China, it doesn't work that way. It, that would be true in America. You'd say, you know, banking's next and so forth. When in the whole thing is corrupt, it's much harder for good people in real economies to understand what's happening in China because they manufacture their own money day by day. You know, dollar is a dollar. It's backed by the U.S. Army. Well, a, a Chinese yuan is not a yuan. It's just an email from the government to somebody running a bank. And suddenly that bank is whole again. There are no bad loans that day. All the bad loans disappeared. That doesn't happen with Bank of America. I'm sure they would love it if it did, but it doesn't. So it doesn't work out the same way. It doesn't have a natural contagion that would happen in a free market. Rather, it's a political question, literally, mm -hmm. for Xi Jinping himself. What will I let happen next? Or how will I lie about it or, or defraud people into believing something which isn't really true? And so it's a little bit hard to know day to day which side of the bed he's getting out on. But we all know who are studying the company, the country and the companies closely that these are these houses of cards are everywhere. So the whole banking system is owned and or controlled by the Communist Party. It will never collapse mm -hmm. because it's not a banking system. Are there other are there other signals you can look to? I mean, you mentioned Ch the the Chinese people moving their money around. Is that is that a potential sig signal for what? It is. Of, if you're thinking, if you're looking at the Chinese market and trying to figure out what's going on, yes, what, it is. What might collapse next? You you would see people trying to get their money out of the country. Uh, you would notice that the private sector has has lost all confidence in the economy because Xi Jinping has been pulling back toward all state sponsored, state owned. Um, you, you would see all of the billionaires retiring from their own companies, which they're doing. They're probably running from the country because they don't want to go to jail. Um, you would see uh, very high bankruptcy figures. And so even though they try to hide these figures, they've gone way up. And, and so you know, a, a gigantic jump in bankruptcies would be one of the indicators you'd see. So there are plenty of signs. You know, it's, it's like a toothpaste, you know, what? There's going to be a leak when you squeeze the tube. Something's going to leak out, and so no matter how much dictatorial control Xi has over the information that his people see, there are signs. There are outward signs. So, what if you're, if you are, you know, an investor or a company leader in this current market, what should you do to future-proof yourself or your own portfolio against this collapse? Um, two things. If you're a company, as, as you know, we've been writing a series called Disengagement. Um, it was probably a dirty word to the American Chamber of Commerce when we started it. Uh, they're getting the picture finally, but slowly, too slowly. Um, you have to get out of China. Your supply chain should not include China. It's going to hurt you. It'll hurt you politically if it doesn't hurt you economically even before that. It's already happened. So get out. Stop whining and get out. Just get out. And then if you're an investor, it's the same thing, but different. So, you know, imagine that um, you thought you were a genius because when they were stealing things from America and Germany and, every, and, and manufacturing companies that didn't exist using fake, you know, invoices from the army, and then suddenly you've got a $3 billion overnight company 
that, that just only has one thing, stolen Cisco operating system. That was the story of Huawei. Well, at some point, your investments in these things are going to backfire on you. I would suggest that time is sooner rather than later. So as this house of cards catches fire, the same advice, get out. It's not going to get better for you. There's not a happy day coming when you're going to get all that money back you've already lost. Just get out. Minimize your losses. All right. Yeah. Well, that's pretty clear. Pretty clear. No gray area there. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Mark, for your time today. We will be thank back you. next week with another uh, video blog for all of you about whatever is most pressing in the world. Um, look forward to talking again then. Another exciting, upbeat video from us. <laughs> thank you. <laughs>